0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Jesus teaches us how to see the person. So Jesus teaches us how to see the person. Not a theory, not an ideology, not just an example of some other grandiose thing. He teaches us how to see the person. This is both historically and objectively true in that if you look at the history of thought or in philosophy from the very beginning, the category of person didn't take on the meaning and depth that it does now until Christianity really entered the scene. So in one sense, he literally gave us the category of person through his followers. But in even another sense, those who were following him were captivated by the way he saw the world. Both how he saw God, how he saw culture, experiences, but in particular, how he looked at people. The way Jesus looked at people was captivating. Because he was teaching us how to see the person. So let's begin with some two definitions of person that can help us. Both are from popes, uh, and both of them are pretty uh, accurate in what we're trying to get at. First one is from a man named Christopher West, who's really just teaching us what Pope St. John Paul II taught us. And he says this, Each person, I want to get this right, is unrepeatable, indispensable, indispensable and irreplaceable. Every person we meet has intrinsic value, whether they're atheist, Muslim, Hindu, Jewish, Buddhist, Protestant, Catholic. If they're a person, they have intrinsic value because they are unrepeatable, indispensable, and irreplaceable. But what happens to our capacity to see If we live in a culture where we treat people as replaceable, repeatable, and dispensable, if someone has intrinsic value because God has made them in his own image and likeness as an unrepeatable example of the mystery of God, if a person is giving us a revelation of something about God that no one else has or ever will, and yet we relate to people as, what do you do for me? Do you make my life pleasurable? more efficient, well then you're, I think you're valuable. But if you cause a burden, make me slow down, you're annoying, you disagree, you're causing conflict, well then I don't want to treat you with intrinsic value. Here's another definition, Pope Benedict. Each person is the result of a thought from God. Each of us is willed, each of us is loved, each of us is necessary. Now, whether you and I or anyone else in the world is living in line with this great dignity is another question. But see, when Jesus looks at people, he sees this truth as the deepest truth in everybody. Immorality, believing wrong ideas, political corruption, all the evil things that terrible people have done is not the deepest truth of the person. The deepest truth of the person is a Mago Dei, an image of God, a manifestation intrinsically indispensable, irreplaceable, unrepeatable. We see this at work in the gospel. We see all these people looking at this man who's been born blind. First are the disciples of Jesus. Right? And they look at him and they say, hey, how did this happen? Right? Was it his fault or his parents' fault? Because in antiquity, usually physical deformities were connected with sin in their belief system. This is one of the passages that got us to think differently about it, by the way, throughout history. But who did it? See, they don't really care about, let's say his name is John. John, who's suffering from blindness. They just say, hey, Jesus, you're a teacher, Teach us these things. Why do bad things happen like this? Where did this come from? They see the person, and then they're interested in talking about other things. He becomes an example of an interesting idea. Then you've got the Pharisees, the ones who are meant to teach us how to live according to God, the religious leaders, and they see his suffering, and they try to fit it into a system already worked out. We have a religious system. Let's see how your life fits into our system. It's a theory. It's an idea. You can see how the blindness is beginning to happen. They don't see a person that they want to listen to, nor do they see the miracle of sight. They're blinded to reality, quite literally reality, because they're connected, attached, addicted to their habitual way of thinking. And so they just want to impose that on things rather than receive reality. And then even this guy's parents, right? They go, uh, we don't want him around us right now. Just talk to him yourself because he's a burden. Because if we welcome him, we're going to get kicked out of the synagogue. So we don't, his, him in our life is going to be difficult, challenging, a burden. We'll just get rid of him. We'll exile him. You can talk to him yourself. Not even seeing a person, someone who needs and desires to love and be loved, to be seen. It's attributed to St. Augustine that the deepest desire in the human heart is to be seen, known, and loved. But what happens if we're not really seen, we're just looked at? Or the love is so conditional that we will be rewarded with affection and accolades if we act the way people want us to. Or we just fulfill their whims and wishes. Then our whole value is dependent on other people. It's not intrinsic. This is the freedom Christ came to give us. The truth setting us free. Now, this continues to happen nowadays, and what I, what I want to do is I want to kind of give us an example in our own experience, uh, and I chose two questions for reflection that are meant to trigger you. So if you hear these things, you get upset. I did it on purpose, so I'm sorry ahead of time, but it's just to show you that the goal of this gospel passage is for us to say, I'm blind, I need your help. This is the criteria. If you presume I see things the right way, on your own, you're blind. If you say, I can't see the goodness of someone in my life, I'm just kicking them to the side, I need help, now you can see. And that's what Jesus comes to. He comes to the rescue of those who recognize, I know I'm not seeing like Jesus sees. So, here's a question. How do you see the people in your life, those who responded to COVID in ways you didn't agree with? How do you look at them? Every time their name comes up, do you reduce them to their thoughts in a two and a half year period and their actions in a two and a half year period? Now, actions are right and wrong, and those are important discussions because we move closer to God if we do good. We move further away if we do bad. Okay, but the person is the one that Jesus teaches us to see, the one behind the actions. Did you lose Facebook friends over this? Did you lose family members over this? When you think about them, Do you just push them to the side? Pope Francis calls it people on the periphery. We don't want to look at them. They're over there. Or do you recognize this is a person willed and thought of by God, indispensable, irreplaceable, unrepeatable? All right, here's the second one. How about family, friends, people in school, coworkers, et cetera, during the 2020 election? How'd that go for you? Nice, isn't it? I told you, I came up with both of these for this reason. Are they those people? I can tell you this much. There's no hope for a country that's divided, and there's no unity if we reduce people to CNN and Fox News. Because those are persons viewing TV. Now, politically, we can make good arguments why something is right and wrong, and we need to to help a person grow in truth. But we don't do it so we can push you away and have our camp. We see, we know, you're dumb, you're blind. A follower of Jesus doesn't get able to do that. We don't get off that easy. This is why St. Paul writes in the book of Ephesians, we must preach the truth in love. It doesn't mean with a smile or with a nice tone. What he means is, we preach the truth, but out of love, meaning I'm taking this person into consideration. How will this person hear these words? How do I share this truth with them so that they can be set free, that they're most likely able to hear it and understand? Not, how do I pat myself on the back because I think I'm right and you're wrong? Jesus pulls the mat out from under us. We don't get to stay in that camp. This is why news channels and social media and blogs aren't saints. They're just people sounding off. Jesus teaches us how to see the person. So in one way or another, I've been sharing this since I've gotten it here. Mercy, kindness, forgiveness, Jesus, transformation, redemption, healing, power, Jesus, all these things. And there's a doctor at our parish who came up to me said, I've been listening to you preach for like two years now. And I thought, oh boy, the way he said it, I wasn't excited for this. <laughs> and I thought, great, he's a doctor, great. He said, my job basically has been to tell people who are on the transplant list that they're not going to get a transplant because they're an addict. Been doing it for years. He goes, it's never bothered me. People always said, is that hard? He goes, no, they're an addict, that's it. He goes, I go on and say, you, you won't get your kidney that you need, you won't get your fill-in-the-blank because you're addicted to drugs, you're addicted to alcohol, this and that. He goes, it's been very matter-of-fact, he goes, I've done it for decades. He goes, the other day you were preaching about mercy and seeing the person. He goes, I went in the room, and I was just about to do my same spiel I've done for several decades. He goes, and I realize this is going to be really hard for this guy because it means he's going to die. And he said... I didn't know how to tell that same news anymore. He's like, so what do I do? Just give kidneys away? (laughs) And he goes, and I realized I still had to tell him the same truth because it's true. He said, but I could do it in a way now that was immensely more honoring to the situation. It honored all of reality that here's a person about to hear really hard news, not an instance of someone who's an addict that you just insert the right answer and move on. Later on, he went home with his wife and he prayed for this gentleman. This is what it means to see the person. The truth doesn't change. The truth is truth. But how we embody it, how we share it, how we express it, how we live it is the mark of how we're a disciple or not. Pope St. John Paul II said this, The truth without love is somehow a destructive lie. Because it doesn't honor the person. And so I don't know who it is in your life. Maybe it's someone in school who's been a bully to you. Maybe it's someone on social media who's awful. Maybe it's the other political party. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's me. Maybe it's a priest. Maybe it's someone in church. Maybe it's an old family member you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe it's someone you've just reduced and you don't want to even look at. If you can admit that this Sunday, then you're ready for Jesus and Easter. Because the first job description of Jesus is to give sight to the blind. But we have to recognize we're blind in order to hear that as good news. If we're haughty and think, I'm fine the way I am, we have no need of a Savior. The only good news the Catholic Church has to proclaim is there is a Savior. He can redeem you, set you free, and give you life, life to the full. And then you can begin to see that this whole world is actually very, very good. Amen. Amen.